uh, I'm not that type of dude. I'm a scorer, 100%. I need to face the goal. That's why I'm dangerous. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Lighthearted Podcast. The Lighthearted Podcast, to another episode of the Lighthearted Podcast. We're going to have gamers, we're going to have athletes, we're going to have businessmen, businesswomen. A couple moments, I would say, like tangible moments that probably was, you know, really impactful, like to me as a child. Man, and then nobody ever talked about it. So it was like, I never said nothing, but you know, I'm lighthearted. You know, let's give y'all the exclusive piece of the truth, man. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Lighthearted Podcast. I am your ballerific host, Josh Hart. <laughs> um, you're gracious too, bro. Uh, yeah, and your gracious co-host, um, Matt Hillman. Um, Yo. Yeah, yeah. But what's going on, my guy? Not much, man. I've been. I feel like I've been on eighty-seven flights in the past like week. I feel like I literally feel like I play in the league. <laughs> for the people that don't know or don't follow you on ig like tell them what you've been doing because obviously like you said you've been traveling for like the last like two weeks just about non-stop so kind of give the the people a glimpse into the uh mad Hillman world well if you're not following me on ig what are you doing i mean you don't want to be part of this elite group of like a couple thousand people <laughs> i love maddie ice that's that name um no, I uh, I mean, I I, I kind of said it on past episodes, but I was in Dallas the Tuesday before Thanksgiving for the for the Mavericks game doing something with Kickstramas. And then from there, I went to Philly on Wednesday for Thanksgiving, Wednesday, Thursday. Then I was in D.C. Friday through Sunday, back to Philly Monday, Tuesday. And then I was in Miami all of last week, Tuesday through Saturday, got back to L.A. Saturday afternoon. Turned out you and I we're gonna do another episode of the podcast super last minute actually we were supposed to do a couple episodes we only ended up doing one uh got back on a plane sunday afternoon was in new orleans sunday monday and then now it's tuesday got back to la this morning and boy was i tired i had a 7 and 7 a.m flight out of new orleans this morning but i got upgraded to first class so i slept the whole time oh that's not too bad did you, did you get a Pillow, blanket, and breakfast? Uh, I I got a pillow and a blanket, but I slept through the breakfast. Okay. I mean, that's probably the best way to do it. I feel like that's always the smoothest thing. Yeah. It's like, uh, you want the food, but you'd rather have to sleep. For sure. And uh, we did, I mean, we did our episode on Sunday with Ja. And then, I mean, I was down there, so I wasn't going to not stick around for the game. So I went to the game last night and then left this morning. Oh yeah, you did leave the house this morning. Wow, I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, wow, you that was this morning. Dang, doesn't it feel like it was I don't a while know why. ago? Yeah, bro, I felt like that was like several days ago. <laughs> Dang, that was just this morning. <laughs> that is crazy. I know. I'll be back soon. Where you're in? Uh, you're in Detroit now. Uh, Milwaukee. I don't know why. Duh. I don't know why I said Detroit. Yep. In Milwaukee, chilling, waiting. Obviously, tomorrow or. Today, you know, when this airs, we play Milwaukee, and they're on their 15-game win streak, so that would be a very tough game um, for us. But we'll be uh, – oh, yeah, we're on FaceTime. I'm over here just, like, staring at the wall. <laughs> um, but, I'll, you know, we'll see how that that goes. You know, we want to just go out there, be competitive, and just kind of, you know, just rock out and play how we play. So that will be – um, it'll be fun, and then obviously, 
We got Philly after that on Friday, but I'm flying from Milwaukee to Baltimore to Thursday. Shannon graduates nursing school, so I'm kind of I'm gonna go be a supportive boyfriend. You know, celebrate graduation. Woo! Congrats, Shannon. I heard, and then, I heard what you're what you're giving her as a graduation gift. What's that? A baby. <laughs> no, sir. There's nothing baking in the oven on this one. <laughs> um, actually, I I told her I was like, you know, so we our anniversary was like um, November 11th. So, so that was then, and then like a month of graduation, and then two weeks after graduation, or a week after graduation, ten days, whatever. 11 days um it's christmas so i told her i said all right you got your anniversary gift graduation and christmas like we we combining those together you're not getting three three <laughs> gifts in a row so she's getting that um and then we got philly which would be a tough game um that's your city and then head back yeah you know i'm kind of you know obviously I'm being a supportive boyfriend so you know going to her graduation but the only thing i'm mad about going to her graduation Everyone that knows me knows I love steak. Steak's like one of my favorite favorite foods ever. And my favorite steakhouse is um, Barclay Prime in Philly. That's where I went for but, my birthday. Yeah, it's like, that's my favorite one. But Shannon's graduation is like early afternoon, I want to say. And then there's like a little like later lunch to kind of celebrate that. So I probably won't hop on a train to like seven ish. Oh, you could skip the lunch, like my a, guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. You go. You try. You try to do that one. So I have that. So so basically, I'm gonna miss my opportunity. My one opportunity this season to go to my favorite steakhouse in Barclay Prime. So you can't get a late a late dinner um, when you get there. I don't know, bro. Because if I get there, like there's like a seven twenty train, I might be able to hit that one. But it's all. It just all depends. Like I'm gonna get in like a little, you know, late, late in terms of like restaurant wise. Like I might get get into Philly at like nine thirty, and Barclay Prime closes at ten. So um, I'm gonna have to, yeah, I'm gonna have to do a rain check into the summer. Um, Damn, that's dedication. Yeah. And you're flying commercial. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm just a regular cat, man. I'm like, I'm in. Uh, I don't. I don't even think I'm first class. The I'm on the Southwest flight. Obviously, Southwest is uh you pick where you sit so there's no first class, um and that's the only nonstop. But like I hate I hate um layovers and you know like w- like one stop flights. Yeah. Just because of, you know there's just so much like just so much potential room for error and like missing flight. You know, so no. So I'm I'm doing that, but um. Yeah, that'd be that'd be uh fun. Obviously, proud of her. So that's kind of my week in a nutshell. Good for her. Congrats, Shannon. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking of flights, I uh, so I told you how I'm I'm gonna do London and Paris over think over Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I was just looking at um, I was just like looking at my trip itinerary. So I went ahead and like booked everything, and then uh, I realized that I I was like, oh shit, I'm still gonna be in uh in paris on the third and that's when you guys play in la against the lakers which is obviously a big game 
Um, and so I went on American Airlines to change it. And it was $800 just to change it so that, so that I could come back for your game. And I did it. And I did it. You did it? Oh, wow. Yes, dedication. Yes, sir. That is definitely dedication. I can't wait to go back to London. Oh, I can't wait to go back. Bro, I'm doing can't a, wait to go back. I'm, what is that? I'm doing a nonstop flight from London to LA. Eleven and a half hours. Yeah, that's a long flight. That's one like, where I actually off. wouldn't mind there being a layover. Yeah, no, that's not like usually like, you should have did it from there to like New York. Yeah, from New York to LA. I wouldn't have been as bad. But I I did um a deal with Delta, so shout out to De- to Delta. I was able to get like some free f- miles and f- uh, vouchers and all that. So me and my girlfriend were able to take a round trip, uh, you know, vacation. So we went to like uh, London, watch a bunch of Premier League games. We watched Chelsea against Man U to start the um, the Premier League season. Unfortunately, that was a rough one. Then we watched them at the Bridge play Leicester. Um, watch tottenham versus somebody i don't know but it was, you know it was fun so I, like everyone knows that i, I love chelsea i'm a diehard chelsea fan shout out to chelsea for winning today against uh i always call them diehard huh? this is not their name but i call them lily <laughs> um so beat them today in the, in the last 16 in the champions league turn up but um like so it's like that's like the only reason why i can't wait to go back to london so i like so i can go watch chelsea play like London is a cool city and it has you know it's like good food and all that, but like I'm literally just waiting for like to go there so I watch Chelsea play. Like when I retire, like I'm gonna go there around this time, whenever whenever I'm retired around this like time, because I can catch like several game several matches in in like a week. Yeah. Like sometimes how the Premier League season is like you know they're like usually every Saturday Sunday, but like sometimes they're they're on like a Tuesday, Wednesday. So like this past week, like they, like two weeks, I had a match like Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday for Premier League, and then today Tuesday they had a Champions League match, and then on Saturday they have another Premier League match. So it's like if I go there for like two weeks, man, I can get like four or five games. I'll be so lit. That's lit. Yeah, I'm. I told you I'm gonna do uh, Chelsea Arsenal while I'm there. Yeah, I'm very, very jealous of that. And one, then I right? wish, because I'm going to pa- right from there to Paris. I wish there was like a PSG game or something. Oh, that would have been really fire. Really there's fire. Not. No, there's not. I'm a big Edison Cavani guy, though. Ooh, Edison Cavani, huh? Oh no, man. Uh, I was about to say I'm a big, whatever. But I, I was going to say all Chelsea guys. You're a big Tammy. You're a big, a big Tammy guy. You know, one of my like my two favorites is to I have three favorites. I got uh Mason Mount, one of my favorites. Christian is obviously one of my favorites. You know, obviously gotta rep the US, Hershey PA. And then my guy Tony. That's you know, so and Tony had his first match back today. So um those are like my 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 three favorites. Um favorite guys right now nice on the squad so did you you know i like i like tammy but um fresh blood larry nance is a big uh is a big chelsea fan too and tammy was kind of like his guy so 
I'm, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I can't, I can't be too much of a Tammy fan. Did you, uh, did you have dinner with Dante? Yep, right. had dinner with Tay. Had a good, good conversation. Um, For those of you guys that don't know, Josh's Josh's college teammate Dante is on the is on the Bucks. Yeah, so it was funny. We uh, went in right when I walked in because Tay Tay had a uh, a holiday event. I think he he was doing something with like you know kind of like some underprivileged kids. I'm not exactly sure what he was doing, but he was doing that for the holiday season. So I walked. So he was a little a couple minutes late um, to dinner. So I walked in, and there was a bunch of our guys there. Like you know, like uh, Zion and Keo had some uh, like kind of like a little rookie dinner kind of thing there. Um, some of our trainers were there. JJ was there, so I was talking to him after. Um, they had the wine list. At, it was at uh, Carnivores. Uh, wine was crazy. Like I think Jay Z said he had like a '95 Latour Chateau Latour. I was very jealous because everyone that knows me knows '95 is my birth year. So I kind of gave him a you know a little bit like, dang man, he couldn't couldn't you know send over a glass for me for my birth year and anything. <laughs> but uh, when I was it was a good good nice little dinner. Nice. And it was cool because um, Christina, the lovely Christina, that's host with uh my marketing that with ca um she made a dinner reservation for me so it was funny right so we walked in right we got the menus it was like you know carnivore is like welcomes like josh hart and like the pelican logos like on the menu like kind of like faded into the back you know with the the menus and all that over and so it was it was dope so shout out to christina for uh hooking that up too what'd you eat um had a lobster bisque, a little of bit of tuna tartare. Um, they sent out like some like some thick cut bacon, which was fire. Oh, I love uh, thick calamari. Cut bacon. They sent out. Um, then I had a strip, a uh, little bit of wagyu, some saute wow, spinach, some corn. Good. Yeah, some Brussels. Actually, I didn't even eat really many of the sides, but and a lobster tail. Wow, so, you ate. With some wine, yeah. I'm jealous. You know, everyone knows me. Like I was, like I said, I you know I have a chef. You know, want to eat a little bit healthier and cleaner. But um, you know, sometimes I'm on the road, I don't have her, so I kind of indulge in my red meat a little bit. Go to you know some steakhouses with some of my teammates and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I had a you know eat a little good. Damn, I had Shake Shack. That's not bad though. Just get, bad. But you begin like the chicken shacks, nah, bro. You tripping? No, what do you mean? They're just not like they're not like they're straight. But like Shake Shack by far the best burger out. Like it's not quest. It's not a, like it's not a question. It's not a debate. In and out, cool McDonald's trash. Um, In and out is trash. Is for being honest. Um, no, water water burger trash. Water burger. I don't. I think I had it. Water burger was okay when I had it. Elevation I never had a, like great. wall burger. Five um, guys greasy. Five but good. guys. Yeah, greasy but good. Fry the crazy. Um, I don't know what what other burger spots are there. I don't know. But anyway, so Tay Hag is the best burger when it comes fat to chip, like. Have I ever? I had fat burger. That was okay. Um. But when it comes to, like, Shake Shack probably is third in line when it comes to a chicken sandwich for me. Who are they behind, Popeyes and KFC? 
Chick, yeah, Chick Fil A's first, Popeyes second, or not, not, not KSM and Chick Fil A. Yeah, no, like those, like it's not, it's not, it's not like not even up for debate. I still haven't had the Popeyes chicken sandwich. Oh yeah, bro. You when you had like it's it's OD. It's definitely OD. I gotta try it. Um, it's just like wanna... the the rudeness of the uh, like when I ordered it, I I went and drive through after a game. Me and Shannon, we like pulled up. And all I thought was like of Supreme Supreme Dream on Instagram. He had a thing of like Popeye's customer service and all that. And like right when I pulled up, there was like, well, it wasn't like, oh, like welcome to Popeye's. You know, what can I get you? It was, it literally said, and I quote, "What you want?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" That's I the polar like, opposite of Chick Fil A. Yeah, I was just like, like you know, you guys got like the chicken sandwiches, spicy and mild. Okay, I was like, oh, well, can I can I have one of each, please? And she she was like, mm, all right, pull up. <laughs> Speaking of rude, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but I had the most disrespectful Uber driver today, bro. Oh yeah, I saw you tweeted that. What it happened? Was, uh, she was so disrespectful, bro. I'm in my room, called an Uber, whatever. So I go downstairs. I, you know, I open, you know, get in the car, and I said my name, like, oh, you know. You know, just for Josh. She, yes. Okay. Cool. So she just, and then she just immediately just starts having an attitude, and she's like, "You know, I don't get paid to. You know, we don't get paid to wait, right?" I was like, like, okay, like, okay, like you're only waiting for, you know, for a minute or so. She's like, "I was waiting for four minutes." I was just like, like, okay, like, like, all right. So, you know, don't say anything for like next twenty. 30 seconds she's driving and then she's like you know we make minimum wage right i was like i was like like okay i was like i don't know i was like okay i don't know what you want me to say that like tell you like say to this she's like yeah so out of this seven dollar trip i only get three dollars i was just like like okay <laughs> like that, that's fine like okay so and she's just going in like you know people like you da 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 da, da. i'm just like I'm like, I'm not sure what people like me are. I'm not trying to say like, you know, like, I don't know if this is like people like that make her wait or like black people in general. I don't know what it was. She's like, yeah, so I want to get $3 and like people like you, I know aren't going to tip. So I know I'm not going to get anything from a tip. And I'm just sitting there like, bro, what is going on? I'm just like, why? And I'm like, you know, you know, you having this conversation, like there's no, I was like, what, why would I tip? After you know you having this attitude and giving this conversation, she's like, "It doesn't matter. You weren't going to tip anyway." And I know people like you; they don't do that. I'm no. like, "Bro, what is going on?" But it's like the restaurant wasn't far; it's really just down the street. But for some reason, she didn't go like like directly like straight down the street. She like cur like I don't know. She made a couple of turns, and I was thinking, I'm like, "Bro, like I really wanted to get out the car." But with that said, I'm in Milwaukee. And it's like nine degrees out, and all I had was a hoodie and sweatpants on. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna just like just kind of take this on the chin and just not get out the car because I don't know when the next Uber is gonna come, and I don't feel like waiting like ten to fifteen minutes outside and getting sick." But she's just going in like, you know, like you know, we can rate you right. Like you're not gonna get a good rating. I was just like, "All right," I was like, "I have like a like a four point eight, like something like four point eight one or something like rating i'm like i'm like okay that's that's fine i have like a whatever i have a good rating she's like oh that's gonna go down to 4.7 because i'm not gonna give you a good good rating 
I'm just like, like, all right, like, what, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I didn't tell you to work for Uber. She's like, oh, I work for Uber because I'm unemployed. Da da da. I'm just sitting there, I'm like, bro, this is probably the most disrespectful, unprofessional Uber drive I've ever had. That's that was just so like, crazy. And then right, and then we pulled up to the restaurant, and she's like, "Get out and have a good dinner at Carnivores." I'm like, "Bruh, this is different." Oh my god! Like, like she was trying to like throw it in your face that so you're going to a nice restaurant. Yeah, I guess so, bro. Like, I was just like, "Bro, I have no," and like, I would understand like if I went in, like if I got in the car and like immediately like, like said something like like assholeish or something. Like I didn't say anything. I was just like, "Oh, you for Josh." And she was like, "You're like, yeah, you know, I don't get paid to wait, right?" I'm like, oh, "Well, hi, how you doing? I hope, I hope you're having a good night too, you know." But uh, I was just that's I got out. I'm just like, bro, I could not believe this Uber driver I just had. That is crazy. The disrespect, but, bro. It was just so disrespectful. And it was like people like you don't tip. I was like, and, and you know, like, don't get me wrong, you know, the stereotype. You know, some black people don't tip as well as they could but anyone that knows me know my mom was a waitress and my dad's a chef so like when i like go out to eat or i do anything like like the norm is like tipping like 18 percent or whatever it is like i usually tip like 25 30 percent of the check like cause I, I always go like over and above because i always want like oh if my mom was in that position and this was someone and my mom was waiting on somebody or whatever like I would want them to do that same thing to her, so I do it, you know, to other people. But I'm just saying, I'm like, people like you don't tip like this. I'm just saying, I'm like, bro, like that is that's insane. It was crazy, and I was like, I would understand if I came in, like, came in the car, you know, being like an ass or something. But I'm just, I literally just came in, like, okay, like I'm <laughs> okay. Let's, let's like that, that was it. I was just like, wow, this is. A heck yeah, you just of a, had to take that one on the chin. Yep, I tried to take it on the chin because I just, you know, I I wanted like if I was in like a warm seat, like if I was in New Orleans where it's like seventy or L.A. or Miami with great weather right now, I would have just been like, you know what, just drop me off. Like I'm getting a different Uber. Like I'm not, I'm not doing this. Right. But with this, <laughs> but with the weather that it is in Milwaukee, I was just like, dang, I'm gonna have to just take this, take this Uber ride to the chin. Hey, at least you got them Twitter fingers going. I definitely got them Twitter fingers going, bro. Her name was Nicole. You tagged, you tagged Uber and everything. Yeah, they they had they had a know how Nicole uh, treats her clients. My boy works for Uber, so if you want, I can I can talk to him about it. <laughs> you you're definitely gonna have to have a conversation about Nicole. Nicole from Milwaukee. Yep, Nicole from Milwaukee, driving an Audi. <laughs> <laughs> you want to uh, um, wait? Wait, she drives an Audi and she's complaining about minimum wage. Yeah, bro. She should downgrade then. Yeah, like, like, yeah, that's that's another thing, like, bro. You're like, it's not like you're sitting here like trying to like be like financially, like, I guess reasonable, and like, you know, maybe not getting like a, you know, a car that's as expensive. But no, nah, she like had like a like a solid car. Um, like you know, a pretty nice car. Like Audi, I always think is like kind of you know a luxury kind of car. Um, and yeah, but it was, it was crazy, bro. She definitely she drew drew in a an Audi Q5. That's a nice. That's a nice car. It is a nice car. 
But, you want to get into some heart to heart? But I say, anyways, without without that <laughs> that little you know chance for me to ramble about my uh, Uber driver, let's get to some heart to heart. Um, oh, I just realized I picked two of these questions, and they are from the same person. So, oh well, we'll just rock with that. My man Sean Bolarchi, Bolarchi. Why are those people with hard names pronounced? And I'm not the one to pronounce them. All right, anyways. He said, Josh, how would you describe Matt's b-ball game? Would you give him a look at a 10-day if you were a GM? <laughs> um, How would I describe his game? Definitely a shooter. Um, Yeah, shooter, hustle guy. No, I wasn't um, a hustle guy, bro. I mean, you you had a couple games. I'm I'm trying to think of like your good games, like play Mount St. Mary's. You you know you like strapped up. You know Cam Cam uh, uh oh, yeah, Cam Mount Williams. Yeah, that's well, it. I said Mount St. Mary's, right? Oh, I said yeah. Mount St. Mary's, Mount St. Joe's. Yeah, strapped up Cam. You only had like twelve. I did strap Cam. I did strap Cam up. Um, you know, so I say like hardworking, like sharpshooter. Um, like give him a work at a, a look at a ten day. Ah. I'm not sure the last time you no, he played in a couple of men's league games, but uh <laughs> I don't I haven't really seen him too much uh lately, you know, with, with yeah. the ball in his hand. So I might have to pass on that 10 day. I wouldn't honestly I wouldn't I wouldn't blame you for that. <laughs> I'm not um, not what I used to be. <laughs> uh so my man Sean had another question. Like I said, I didn't realize I picked his question, you know, him twice, but you go. The question is, Josh. One of the challenges with social media is that fans can say whatever they want to players after a bad game loss. How do you manage your social media? Um, social media youth following a bad game loss. How do you not allow the negativity to get to you? Um, honestly, like this is like the one thing I I've kind of. I don't want to say I never understood it. Like the the cyberbullying aspect of it. Um, got to, I think like Tyler the Creator like tweeted it like one day, and he was like, "No, I never understood cyberbullying. Like, like just turn the screen off. It was like something like that, and like, like it sounds like like it's like oh that's very insensitive. And don't don't get me wrong, it definitely is. But like for me, I just kind of take that approach. Like if I have a you know bad game, whatever. Like I know people, oh, half the people would just go on." Um, Twitter and Instagram and all that just to troll, you know. They, for me, they always say like, "Oh, I play Fortnite too much or whatever." Like, and people that actually know me, like you and other people, like other like my good friends, know like I haven't played Fortnite in months, like probably like, three or four months. I haven't even played Fortnite, so um, I really just kind of tune it out because at the end of the day, no one can, none of them can kind of do what I do, and if they could, they would be in my position right now. So I kind of just you know block it off there was a couple of times like last year i was just like i just delete the you know twitter or instagram app from my phone and be like i'm not even dealing with it because at the end of the day it's all kind of just just background noise and i know what i can do with a player so i kind of just go out there and rock out you know and, and have the confidence in myself that i know i have yeah i mean that the 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 i mean i call them the eggs on twitter but they're always the loudest yeah, and it's like, 
And if you look at it, half of the people, like it's like you said, it's like just not their actual profile. It's all like like random like burner accounts, um, and, and stuff like that. It's like you know they have like a random like picture, and they have like two followers and fo- following like five hundred people. So it's like they don't even have like the courage to say it on like their actual profile like that they, they have to like make a burner to do that so it's like sometimes i just laugh and i'm like bro like you're not even you know confident in yourself to say this to me like from you you know from your actual you know identity so it's funny um and matt as you can see i sent you that last uh question because i have no idea how to say that and you're definitely went to the better school so you might be able to pronounce it Abdi Rahman Hussein. Yep, see, said, that's why you get that's why you get the hard ones. <laughs> Hi guys, Matt. I'm sure just like Josh, you had basketball dreams growing up. When did you decide that you can have a great career and a happy life at something other than basketball? Some people think it's either the league or bus with their life. Um that's a great question. I think to be honest, we spoke a lot about that in, during the last episode. Um we spoke about it at length, but I would say, I would say in college is when I really came to that realization. Um, I would say like, uh, probably like sophomore year of college is when I got really interested in other things. I ended up starting a company with a couple of friends and, um, raised like a little bit of money for it. And then just got really into like entrepreneurship and stuff. And, um, you know, I mean, I definitely miss, miss basketball. It's really hard to, to get that like competitive feeling that, that team experience anywhere else it's it's really it's almost it's hard to replicate even like it's you know even even now like josh can probably really like there's nothing like you know like your your team in like high school or college um it's just so it's just so different um so i definitely miss that but you know I've, i've tried to find other ways to uh to get that in my life to get that competitive competitive you know juices going um and um you know i'm at the point now where i I'm passionate about what I do and I wake up every day with a, with, you know, a mission and a goal. So I think I'm there, but I, I, I definitely, you know, I wasn't sure that I would find it. Cool. So appreciate all the, uh, questions. If you know, you have any questions, uh, you know, you now for, for Matt or myself, I know just go on Venmo, go to our page on Venmo, the lighthearted pod or lighthearted pod, not the lighthearted pod, lighthearted pod, um donate lighthearted a penny. podcast lighthearted podcast oh, lighthearted podcast lighthearted right. pods our twitter handle um yeah you're right lighthearted podcast on venmo Adam says a friend now just donate a penny uh just a penny write your question you know in the 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 little detail box whatever it is and you know we're you know we'll definitely answer that question so uh with that being said you know we'll get into the venmo giveaway so and if you guys don't know how to enter for the venmo giveaway uh you know we got two more giveaways i uh, you know for for the rest of this this year um so just add us on the venmo at lighthearted podcast and that's all you have to do so just add us on there and you're automatically be eligible to to win for you know one of the last two weeks so with that being said, shout out to Timothy Lee on you know for being this week's winner of the Lighthearted Podcast giveaway presented by Venmo. 
So, congrats, Big Timothy. Um, Big Tim. Big Tim. Um, you know, so with that said, you know, uh, you know, we hope you guys enjoy this episode of the Lighthearted Podcast. Uh, you know, this guest has, you know, been, you know, given every role possible, um, you know, in the league. Uh, you, you can just tell by, you know, Matt, you talked about it. You can just tell by hearing him speak how much, you know, how mature uh, he is and how, how much he's grown since he's been in the league. And I think the biggest thing with that, he never, you know, with all the ups and downs that, she, that he's had, he never, you know, doesn't blame anybody. He always, um, you know, looks at himself and always says, he you know, sometimes he didn't handle things in the best way. And, you know, he, he learned from that situation. He takes that um, with him now. And I think that's the, the best thing, you know. Obviously, well, you know, he's a basketball player, but, you know, that growth um, is something that, uh, you know, he takes into life and you can take into life as a regular person. So I hope you guys like this episode of the Lighthearted Podcast um, and hopefully it, uh, you know, continue to inspire you guys. So, you know, here's the Jalil Okafor episode of the Lighthearted Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Lighthearted Podcast presented by Venmo. I am your host, Josh Hart. My co-host and my brother, Matt Hillman, is here with me. And then we have a fabulous guest. <laughs> I usually always say special guest, but I was like, I don't want to say special. So fabulous, Bob, is my word. Um, a fabulous guest, Jalil Ogilfer. So appreciate you appreciate for being you, on the, uh, the, the podcast, my good brother. No so we were just talking about right before we got on here just talking about moves and all that and you were saying that's like your big you know road trip thing like when we're on the road you just want to go kick it yeah. watch movies something I, i've been doing that pretty much since my rookie season we hit a city i just always go check out uh a film maybe two sometimes i might just movie hop mm-hmm. see a couple movies but that's pretty much what i do on the road i just go see is it like a specific genre or all types not really it's pretty much just all types yeah. are you a scared movie person or you're like now nah, I, I don't mind scary movies okay. i've never yeah. seen one you've never ever seen a scary movie by choice, like never ever. Yeah, I'm, uh, there be times where I'll ask. You never seen like none of the none of no Freddy's, no Jason, no Scream. Mm-mm. Dang. Because in my mind, I'm like, I get like some people like, but I'm like, why would I? Why would I want to like put myself through that? But even growing growing up, there it's wasn't any social settings where people were going to see scary movies. I didn't put myself in them. I knew it, like it was just a thing. Like if they were watching it, I, I was I was out. Wow. Yeah, but there's like it's kind of impressive. It, 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 it is. <laughs> What's your reason behind it? Uh, I just get scared easily. I figured it'd give me nightmares. Probably. All right. So <laughs> you would, some you, people like that feeling. Though, haunted right? houses is a no go. Uh, I, I did a couple haunted houses. Okay. Yeah, a couple haunted houses. See, that's more. That's I feel like that's probably scarier than actually movie because you're. I don't have a great explanation it. for it. Honestly, it was one of those things that, like, by the time I was a certain age, it was more impressive to just keep it up and not <laughs> see one than it was to go give it and see one. <laughs> you were just like, you know what? I made it this far. Might as well keep rocking mm-hmm. out with it. Because there was what I was trying to. You tried to take me to one. I tried to take you to it. Yeah, it wasn't. We didn't want you wouldn't want to rock out with it's it. It's too much for you. Yeah, bro. yeah. What about Get Out? Didn't see Get Out either. That's, that's which, which, oh. which which I'm actually ashamed of because it was such like a, it was such a culturally yeah. like that's such, not really such a phenomenon. Like, that's more like a psychological thriller. thriller yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the most. Yeah, I want to yeah. say, say that. that that's one that I actually would would totally see. And then the other Jordan Peele one that just came out, uh, uh, Us. Uh, I would yeah. see that too, probably. Were you a fan of it? 
people said it was supposed to be better than Get Out. I didn't think so. I didn't think it was a better. It film wasn't better than Get Out. No, because it, it was just like I didn't understand a bunch of like the rabbits, and I didn't understand like the the, the people holding hands at the end. Yeah. I was to, you have to read about it. Yeah, it's, to symbolize. it's one of those movies like you have to like read like you understand it to a certain extent, but then you have to like read it. Yeah, and like what was the John Krasinski one where they didn't they didn't talk the whole time? Did did you see that um, si- Silent Place, Quiet Place, A Quiet Place? Oh, quiet did you see place. that? He's coming out with a sequel to that too. That would look cool. You know, that's my guy, man. So, do you have a favorite movie? Uh, favorite movie of all time is Lion King, the original. The original. Okay. Yeah, did you see hard. the new one? Yeah, I didn't see the new one. Was it good? Uh, yeah, I heard it was really just the same exact thing. Just I didn't think it was the same exact thing. They took out a few key parts, but it was good. Visually, was it was really dope to see. I really? saw a Twitter like the clip where they, of it they put like the two versions side by side to show you like how far CGI has come. Right. It was. It was. I mean, it was crazy. Really? Yeah. It was a real. It was a real line, pretty much. Like I saw like somebody's tweet. I don't know if they were like making fun of it or like they were just dumb as hell. They're like, dang, it's crazy how they train all these animals to like run these play. I was like, all right, bro, they gotta be just trolling, bro, because there's no way someone actually felt this way. Um, it was definitely trolling. Yeah, it had yeah, to be, bro. Um, but I, bet, I guess kind of talking about, you know, your your early life and all to just kind of talk about your upbringing. Obviously, you you were born in Arkansas, yeah. but you kind of like grew up, you know, yeah, but the middle school and high school in Chicago, and just kind of just talk about your upbringing etc yeah. so i was i was born in fort smith arkansas um very very small town but i was pretty much going from arkansas uh back and forth from arkansas to chicago until i was nine years old so i was always going back and forth back and forth and then my mother passed when i was nine that's when i moved to chicago permanently uh, to live with my dad um and then that's where you know all the chicago basketball i kind of got involved with um my dad was a collegiate player so he kind of Show me the ropes of, mm-hmm. you know, how to be a. Well, my my dream was to be a you know high major D one player going. Uh, when I first got to Chicago, that's what, I, that's what I was always thinking about. So he pretty much showed me the ropes of how to get that done. Um, he was like uh, involved with like a lot of stuff with streets and stuff like that. So when I got to Chicago, he Im- immediately immediately uh, eliminated all that from me. So I didn't see any of that stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, my dad just had it down for me after my mom passed. Mm-hmm. Having someone, having a dad who's done it before, I imagine helps so much. Cause, like, for us, when we were growing up playing, like, you're, you know, our dads would take us to the playground and, like, rebound for us. But it was like, I'm better than you. You, you know, <laughs> and we had, we had Jalen Brunson on the podcast. Right. And he was talking oh, about yeah. Rick. Like, when he was, like, when Rick was going up training, it was just like, it, it added just a different level of skill and, and, and just kind of, if, if someone's been there, they've been there, you know? Right. No, for sure. For sure. I played my dad, you know one-on-one all the time. I remember I finally beat him when I was in eighth grade. I beat him one-on-one for the first time, and that was like the ultimate confidence booster for me. Yeah. So I was like, if I could beat my dad one-on-one, I could beat anybody. So that was that's what happened in eighth grade. I was 6'8 by the time, uh, so he wasn't able to bully me like he usually was. So I was 6'8, 260 in eighth grade. I was a, I was a big kid. Oh, <laughs> How tall was he? Uh, he's 6'5 and a half. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I got my first win, and that was the ultimate confidence booster for me. Did he keep playing you after that, or he was just kind of like, all right, you uh, got it? That day, we had a big argument, like, during the game. We ran it back. He lost again. We ran it back. He lost again. And then I went back to my aunt's house down the street. Um, and then he was just – I thought he was going to be upset, but he was just smiling, smiling. And then I, I called my uncle. I called my grandma. Like, Yo, I just beat my dad one-on-one. Yeah, talking one. shit. <laughs> Put it on speaker. And then he was like uh, – I remember to this day, he was like, man, I just lost to a pro. 
and then he just started smiling. Um, but that was that was the one of the highlights of my basketball career, beating my dad for the first time one on one. That's awesome. So it was like for you, it was kind of all basketball from the beginning. Like you knew that was that was what you wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. My mom and father, they both played, um, and I was always just the biggest kid. Uh, I was always bigger than everybody else. So, uh, and I and I loved the game. So basketball has always been my love. Who were some of like the the guys you grew up watching or grew up idolizing? You know, in turn, you know, whether it's you know Chicago or just like anyone like in the league in, in general. Um. Well, I love Shaquille O'Neal. Um, that was my favorite player. He's actually my favorite person just mm-hmm. growing up. I, I just loved how, you know, he made being big cool. Yeah. Um, he didn't shy away from being a big guy. Uh, he was just outgrowing. So he was like the first, like, celebrity that I was like a huge fan of, and he happened to be a basketball player. So Shaquille O'Neal for sure. Um, and then Tim Duncan, as far as on the court, that was somebody that all my coaches growing up had always told me to watch film on. Um, so Tim and her team. Uh, I was always watching clips on them. And those were pretty much my coaches that showed me film on those guys. When you were growing up in Chicago, you were too young for like kind of the MJ era, right? He he was already. Yeah. Yeah. I was too were you still feeling the effects of it, though, in Definitely. the city? I mean, you could still feel the effects of it in the city. Um, everybody, you know, just what MJ did uh, while he was in Chicago, my dad, my entire family, who grew up in Chicago at that time, I can remember that time. It's just, it just was a wonderful time to the, for them in their eyes. Um, but no, I was, I missed that. Yeah, that would have been dope to be in Chicago during MJ's time. My dad talked about it. He said it was a great time. For, but he was actually a Scotty Pippen fan. Scotty Pippen was his favorite guy on the team. My dad loved Scotty. I'm going to have to ask him about that. Is there like reason why or he was just I'm like, not sure. He just always said like Scotty was his guy. Scotty was the guy that, that was his favorite player on the team by far. Were there any like local Chicago dudes that, that you grew up, whether you were in like elementary school or middle school, that you kind of grew up like watching or idolizing? Even dudes that like might not be in the league anymore. Uh, I feel like every area has those their guys. You yeah, know? I mean, when I was in Chicago, I remember when D Rose was blowing up, and I remember when he was at Memphis um, making his uh, national championship run. Obviously, he came up short, but I just remember him being like the first guy that I was seeing on TV from Chicago. I remember thinking how cool that was. You know, he went to he was a Simeon guy. And everybody in the city was just talking about it. Uh, so D Rose is like is the first person I can actually remember from Chicago. Me idolizing was obviously like we're from the Maryland, the DC area. But obviously, I think when when Jabari went back to Chicago and he had the whole press conference, and I guess someone asked him the question about D Rose, and he was just like, you know, like D Rose is always going to be like a legend in Chicago Perhaps. and all that. Yep. It's like is that how like that's just how like everyone you know in Chicago. Most people feel like that, you know, around the league, but, like, obviously, you know, how do people feel about him just in general, like, in Chicago? Because, obviously, we don't we don't really know. Like, he is he that big, you know, oh, yeah. of a legend, a hero oh, yeah. he's to all you guys? A hero. He's everything for us uh, in Chicago. Um, even to this day, um, you know, just to be, you know, the number one player in high school, to be the number one pick, uh, to go into your city um, and play for your hometown, to become the MVP, and all the success that he had with that team, um, that was just amazing, amazing to watch. Uh, it's something that I don't take for granted, that we don't take for granted. And I know just talking to other guys, it's not easy doing all that, especially I can't even imagine being the number one pick and ending up back in your hometown. Uh, just like with all the distractions and stuff that possibly could have swayed you from success, uh, he was able to overcome all that. Uh, so, yeah, he's a hero without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's, especially what he's kind of done now post post injury as he's a little bit older is 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 just as cool to see. Like he still has obviously has that dog in him. Like right. 
He's just his, so his like fifty point game would probably be like one of like has to be like top ten, like most like em- like emotional, most like heartfelt, like genuine like basketball moments like like ever. Just For because sure. like everything he went through, all the injuries, yeah, yeah all the injuries, and all that. Yep. I'm not kind of going on about the about the Chicago. Um, obviously, talked about you know D Rose and the distraction about being being in Chicago, but obviously, you know, what did kind of Chicago? What does it mean to you? And like, what like what's like the effect that it had on you? Because obviously, like, we always talk about um, you know people from the East Coast, you know people from New York. We always talk about how you know how how they grind a lot, how, how they're always like grinders. They always you know just trying to get to where they want to go and that kind of thing. But Chicago, it's like that. But it's also you know when you're no, it's not always not the nicest, na- you know, you're not always right. in the nicest oh, sure. neighborhood. So just kind of talk about how that influenced you to just kind of, you know, just to keep it moving and just kind of, you know, make it out. Was it that much more motivation or was it just kind of like you you had that already? Uh, No, definitely added motivation, you know, coming out of Chicago. Uh, Chicago, but high school basketball was a huge, was huge in the city uh, when I was coming out, uh, especially after AD had just left. Mm-hmm. Um, AD, when I was a freshman, AD was a senior. So when he went, um, you know, he went to Kentucky. He did his thing. Number one, also won national championship. Number one pick. Um, and it was I remember like me, uh, Jabari Parker, uh, Cliff Alexander, Jalen Brunson, as you as you just mentioned, um, Tyler Ulis. Uh, there was a lot of guys. Uh, we were pretty much we were all friends, but we were always competing against each other um, in terms of you know who was the best basketball player in the city. Mm-hmm. And we all went to separate schools. Um, so like my battles with Cliff. Um, our legendary battles down in Chicago, or even with Jabari when he was at uh, while he was at Simeon, um, it was just a comp- there was a competition level in Chicago that pretty much elevated everybody that was playing in the city. Yeah, did you guys all play AU together? Did you guys uh, all on that curve? Yeah, yeah, me, Cliff, Jabari, Jalen, uh, we all played AAU with the Fire. Tyler Ulis played with Main Streets. Um, there's a there's a few other guys I'm not I'm, I can't remember right now. Um, but there was just so many guys coming out of Chicago. Yeah. Uh, when I was coming out in high school, that it elevated all of us. How do y'all not make top eight in Peace Jam? How we not? Oh, yeah. Man. How did y'all not, bro? Cause they had like I was I was cause obviously we just played Dallas. So I was we we literally had this conversation with Jalen. It was Cliff Alexander, Jalen Brunson, him, um, Jaquan Lyles. Yeah, Jaquan. Um, yeah. Who else was there? Um, there's a couple other people that I'm just blanking on. Like for people that don't know, PJ PJ is um, from the EYBL, like the Nike Nike League, Nike Circuit of AAU. PJ is like the biggest, you know, the biggest tournament. Like every, whatever you do, like you just want to qualify for PJ Jam and you want to win win PJ Jam. So it's like the big tournament in um, Augusta. I think it's, it's actually in South Carolina. I think it was Augusta, Georgia. No, it's Georgia. Know, it's Augusta, Peach, whatever. Peach is the. Is I the, know, but no, but it's because like, it's like on the border. Uh, but like it's Augusta, but it's like on the border of like South Carolina and with smart ass. Um, <laughs> but not, yeah, we were literally having that conversation the other day. I'm like, yo, bro, how did they not, one, how did they not win at all? But then Jalen was like, yo, bro, we didn't even qualify like the, <laughs> the two years for a top eight. Well, wait, no, I made Peach Jam every one of my years. No, but like the, like the bracket. Bracket. Oh yeah, we, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. bracket, John. Did you guys? Yeah. We definitely, yeah, we, we definitely it. underachieved. Yeah. Um, even the year before that, I was on the same team with Jabari, me, Jabari, Billy Garrett, um, Sterling Brown. <laughs> Forgot Billy about Garrett, Billy Sterling Brown. Yeah, that, yeah, that's another team. I felt like we underachieved, but I mean, PGM isn't easy. Not making no, excuses. Not at PGM all. isn't easy. Not at um, all. 
But yeah, we underachieved. Yeah, no, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, I don't think I ever made it out of poor play either. Some over here like asking you like that question, like I made it out of poor play. <laughs> I, ain't make, <laughs> I ain't make it out of poor play at all. But like, bro, I'm. You named all these people, bro. Like, the, I was just thinking Chicago really has like some some who I think like AD said it like like a month or so ago. Like, yo, eight like Chicago's like the like the mecca of basketball. Da 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 da. And obviously, like whatever you're, wherever you're from, you're always like, oh, you know, this is the best sure. basketball. So obviously, the world, Maryland, New Yorkers, you know, they always think New York is like they've been through the gutter. But like Chicago, <laughs> low key got like a lot of hoopers. Yeah, just who was it when we had Drew on? He like flexed on us big time when he was talking about LA. He was like, it's like yeah, we had you know Brandon Jennings, OJ Mayo. Him, special James, Dinwiddie, Demar, yeah, like he like he literally just started naming. So I like, but you, but you guys, you consider it the DMV, right? It's DC, yeah. Maryland. It's all three. But so it's DC, Maryland, Virginia. But like Virginia, we we really don't really count Virginia in the DMV. Um, you don't Sc- count. Hey, Scotty Reynolds was from the was from the V. He was from the V, but like Virginia's like that. Like we were just talking about Lion King. You know, like the scene of Lion King where uh, Mufasa takes Simba up and like shows him like the forbidden area. Like that's like Maryland, like Marylander, like the people from the DMV looking at Virginia, like don't go there. Like it's like in the DMV because it sounds that's the, good. It's the elephant graveyard. Yeah, like you can't say like, oh yeah, I'm from the DM. Like nah, like I'm from the DMV. So that's how it is. But like, and like the DMV, you don't really claim Baltimore either. Like Baltimore doesn't claim the DMV. I'll claim a I'll claim a kill car though. <laughs> He's the only Akira Carr was about here. Akira Carr gave us fifty in a pro am. <laughs> literally came oh, straight from. Cool car? Yeah, in a pro am, bro. Watch all his videos on YouTube. He, he had one of the best. He got arrested. Too, yeah. Spent the night in jail. Got out that next morning. They got buckers. Came down to DC. Did DC versus BMO pro am that, that we played Fums? in? Nah, it was at Trinity College. Oh, okay. And it was fifty. And <laughs> just bust our ass. <laughs> but like that's how it is. So like, but nah, yeah, y'all was. Dang, yeah, y'all had some dudes, man. I know we don't claim Baltimore, but but if we do, that gives us a better argument of of being the, the basketball hotbed. So you does. can add Rudy Gay, you can add Mello. Those I only got those two. So if you want to name some more. <laughs> I mean, those are like the main be more guys that I can kind of think about. I don't know. Yeah. I always think like Maryland is there, but like out of all the guests that we had, like ah, Maryland might be like third. LA, Chicago is one and two. Obviously, like growing up in Chicago, like you mentioned, your your dad prior had been involved in some of the street stuff and kind of kept that away from you. Yeah. Are there a lot of guys that you kind of grew up playing with who had the talent, but you saw kind of get involved in that and then maybe didn't end up where they yeah. were? Yeah, too many times. Um, not even they necessarily might have not made it to the NBA, but um, high major, mid-major D1 was definitely uh, something that was achievable for a lot of the guys that I played with. Um, but just, you know, just being in the streets, um, and what all that leads to, you know, not taking, you know, the academic series, which is, which is hard, easier said than done, because that's the environment that you're in. Um, that's what you grew up around. Um, so it's easier said than done, but I've definitely seen the streets take a lot of talented uh, players that could have made something out of their lives just from the game of basketball. Yeah, when you said that about D. Rose, how incredible it was that he did what he did in the city that he grew up in, right. never really thought about that, because there's a lot of dudes yeah. who will get drafted to another city and that'll save them because otherwise they like won't leave the block right. and and he did it in chicago where all of that was still present yeah i didn't i didn't think about that at the time why he was doing the amazing things um in the city but once i got to the league i think maybe like my, my second or third year i just started thinking about like wow he really did that being the number one pick 
um, having all that hype, and then going back to his hometown and getting that and getting that done. Um, yeah, it's some it stuff. Yeah, it just adds to just like the awe of it, because like, damn, like it's so easily can go from oh, I got you know drafted where you're from. You can be chilling, right. partying, have all right. your friends doing all that, like taking care of you know. 20 different people and all that but like to not do it and just excel and succeed in it it just it just adds to another layer of like his legacy and you know people before him that did it it's just it's that much more impressive there's a mental toughness that goes with all that and that's Mm -hmm. why you know you're not too surprised when you see him grow you know score 50 because yeah after everything he's been through uh he's just you can just tell he's mentally strong yeah um looking so kind of talk about your time um but at Whitney Young, obviously, you won a you won a state championship. Yeah, you only won. Um, only one. Only one. Did did Jalen get you, or did did he beat you in the tournament? Like in the tournament? No. So we beat Jalen my senior year, his junior okay, year. Okay, that's what it was. We beat them in the final four. Um, okay, yeah, that's. He gave was. us fifty six. I will say that. Oh, <laughs> Didn't you say he scored like like two thousand or seventeen hundred or no, twenty seven like twenty seven hundred? Yeah, like he scored like almost like three thousand. I think it's twenty seven hundred. He gave us fifty six. He could have easily had. Savage because he missed a decent amount of free throws that game, from really? what I remember. But he gave us a, a loud 56. <laughs> Man. <laughs> what is it? High school scoring record, I guess. Um, but just kind of talk about that because, I mean, one, it's a public school, so kind of talk about your process of going there because, I mean, now it's totally fucking different. Like, now you're, you got people going, you know, kids moving to go to, like, Finley or, like, right. IMG, Montverde. Right. Oak Hill and all that. So, right. kind of just talk about one. Did you have any option to go somewhere else, like one of those kind of basketball, just kind of like factories? But just talk, talk about that if you had that option, and then you know, just kind of talk about your run at Whitney Young. Right. So, so Whitney Young um, is one of the the best high schools in Chicago, if not the best, um, especially academically. Um, that's why my father wanted me to go there. So for me, it was rather go to Whitney Young, which is a public school, uh, but but it's a magnet high school, which means it's uh, principal selection. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a cream of a crop that pretty much that's there. And then there's also, uh, it was, I was going to go to Whitney Young or De La Salle. Those are the only two schools in Chicago that I was going to go to. I believe De La Salle is a Catholic school. Um, I, obviously, I ended up going to Whitney Young. But if it wasn't one of those two, I was going to go to Finley Prep, as you mentioned, okay. or Oak Hill. Um, so I was going to leave the city. My dad really didn't want me being in a city if I wasn't going to either one, one of those, those two schools. What what is Whitney Young like as a school in terms of like the student body? Was it like culture shock? Like what what are kind of who are the people that that go there? Oh uh, yeah, Whitney Young is uh, is very diverse, um, and it has a little bit of everything. You know, they have an amazing athletic athletic teams, uh, but they also have you know a great chess team. They have an amazing band. Like Whitney Young is um, has a mix of everything. It's a very diverse school. Uh, it's a blue ribbon school. I don't know exactly what that means, but I know that. Sounds yeah, good. It's like an academic. I know it's like something. It's yeah, really, really good yeah, academically. Yeah, like uh, it's like an achie- like a national achievement yeah, for like yeah. public school. So we're a blue ribbon school. Um, yeah, Whitney Young's an amazing high school. Did didn't um did MJ's kids go there yeah. or one of them? Yeah. Um, Jasmine went there when I was a freshman. Jasmine was a senior, and then Marcus Jordan went there before I got there. Got it. He's actually one of the one of the big reasons why I went to Whitney Young. I, I was a junior. When he was a no, when he was a senior in high school, I was I was in seventh grade. I went up to the school um, to meet with the coach um, to let him know that you know that was one of the schools I wanted to try to get into. Um, 
I was 6'5 at the time. I remember I walked in with like a LeBron James jersey and some uh, some K-Swiss. And I remember Marcus, I'm sure the coach probably told him to do it, but Marcus was like, oh, what's up, man? You trying to come here? I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. He looked at my shoes and he was like, oh, yeah, we got we, we to get, get you out of those. I was like, oh, yeah, most definitely. I remember I ran to my dad, like, yeah, Marcus said you don't give me some kicks. Never got those kicks from him, but, <laughs> but I ended up growing up with Neon. Uh, did you ever think about going to Simeon? I no. mean, because I, I, I don't know, like, I don't know shit about Chicago or anything, but I just always know, like, Simeon was always, like, one of, like, the big, big school since, um, since who was the one guy, that, who was the guy? Rose. No, but who was, like, the first guy that went, that went to Simeon? Uh, ben Wilson. Yes, Ben Wilson. That died. Benji. It was like a, every, I think it was on the sixty for sixty or no, thirty for thirty or yeah. E sixty. Like about Ben Wilson, probably one of the, was from Chicago, went to Simeon, like number one player in the country, and then I guess he was at a, it was a it was at a party one night, like something happened and and he ended up getting killed, but he was like, like went to like ABC, went went from like unranked to number one in the country. It was like you have to watch it. It's like thirty for thirty. It's crazy. 30 yeah, it's, for 30. it's a great thirty for thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Benji, I just know I always heard yeah. that name, you know, growing up, growing up um, in Chicago, being a basketball player. Um, they just said he's one of the most talented guys that they've ever seen, um, that they've ever seen. And this was like NBA scouts yeah. saying that. Um, so it's obviously unfortunate what happened to him, but he's one of the, the big names in Chicago. Um, but That's why everyone wears like 25, right? Or like, not everyone, but like the best player oh, yeah. usually wears 25. Yeah. Yeah. In Chicago? Like, yeah. Damn, that's crazy. He was number 25. Well, at Simeon. Yeah, Simeon. Yeah. Damn. So, yeah, you got to watch that 30 for 30. Oh, definitely watch it. It's a really good 30 for 30. <laughs> so yeah. fire, yeah. bro. It is. And then, obviously, yeah. had a, a great, you know, high school career. All, McDonald's All-American Player of the Year. Could have probably gone anywhere you wanted to. Talk about, like, the decision to go to Duke. Obviously, had a great recruiting class. It was Utias, Just, and, and, and Grayson, right? Yep. Um, yeah, just talk about that decision and kind of your initial um, interactions with Coach K and how you how you wound up there. Yeah, uh, Coach K recruited me all throughout high school, um, but basically it came down to where did Tyus and I feel comfortable. Uh, we pretty much were um, people called it a package deal, but it really wasn't a package deal because I was the number one player in the country. He was like number four, number five, so we could have went to either one of our schools without each other. Right. Um, so it wasn't actually a package deal, but. We did opt to go to the same school no matter what, so we took all of our visits together. Where did where did he grow up? Was he? He's from Minnesota, okay. Apple Valley, Minnesota. Um, <clears throat> so we took all of our visits together, um, and then um, yeah, we ended up just choosing Duke. Um, but that entire process was just a lot of fun. Uh, me and him, my family, his family. You know, going to these different campuses, trying to figure out you know what would give us the best opportunity to win a national championship. To, to, to get on the floor and win a national championship and. Uh, we decided to go to Duke, and you know, obviously the choice is right. That's the, where, where else did it come down to? Uh, it, was, it was Duke, Kansas. It was Duke, Kansas, Baylor. Duke, Kansas, Baylor. Uh, Kentucky, but we kind of knew that. Um, we kind of knew early on that they weren't. That we weren't going to go there. Um, so yeah, it, was, it was pretty much Duke, Kansas, and Baylor. I will say you definitely changed my mind. Like you, cause obviously we got so many Duke guys on the team. So I was like, grew up. I always hated Duke because also we're from Maryland. That's yeah, we're from Maryland. So we always hate because we had to. Like, the old ACC rivalry. You know? oh, yeah. So you had that, and then I was like, man, all these Duke dudes is fucking corny. <laughs> but then, like, I didn't like. I got to the league, and then B, I was with Bi and Bi. Bi just be chilling. 
Yeah, we have a big, big GM. And then I got here, and then it's like all five, like all, we got five Duke guys yeah. with. And a Duke GM. And a Duke GM. And I was like, and then I met all you guys. I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe Duke guys aren't that bad. Like, I was like, I, I, you know, I kind of like all you guys. I've had, I've had a few people tell me that I'm, a, I'm, I'm cruel for a Duke guy. Like, yeah, oh, you're cruel for yeah a Duke exactly. You're, you're cruel for that, a Duke That guy. might be what it is. I, I might be like the five cool guys that went yeah. to Duke. Well, I mean, we, I mean, we grew up in the old ACC in Maryland, so like we... You had to. You had I'm to mad I missed out on you that. Know? Oh, yeah, the Duke that Maryland game. Crazy, oh man, crazy. I wish I could have played. Yeah, because Maryland, we were like, we were what, like ten or eleven when Maryland won the national championship. Yeah, it was no like two. Juan Dixon, Lonnie even, Baxter, Drew t- Nicholas. I was like seven or eight. Okay, I was. I might have been like like yeah, nine or ten. <laughs> yeah, it was like Gravis Vasquez. No, Gravis was not. No, no, not not on the national oh, championship okay. team, but just like I'm like growing up, like Steve Blake, Steve Blake, John Gilchrist, John Gilchrist, Lonnie Baxter, DJ Strawberry. Yeah, I hated Kyle Singler. I hated JJ when he was there. Oh, I, I fucking hated JJ when he was there. Um, who else did Chris I hate? Chris Shire. Chris Dewan Shire. Greg, I mean, the ultimate, if you're a Maryland fan, the ultimate person that you hated was Greg Paulus. Like, That's just, true. You had the, That's true. I remember I was so happy he took a charge against someone and got his shit. Was it Danny Green? I think he tried to take a charge on Danny Green and Danny Green dunked on Punched him. Punched on him? I think it was Danny. I don't know. if I remember it was against UNC, but... Yeah, so with that said, you're you know maybe that that might be what it is. Like you, Frank, like you can't be mad at Frank. Like Frank, like Frank, you gotta love. Frank. I don't know if you ever met Frank. Frank is just like Frank's he's just, the best. Yeah, Frank is the best. Like just always the happiest, like really? most like optimistic guy. Yeah. We were supposed to have Luke on on the podcast tonight, but he ended up having to to cancel last minute. But <laughs> you said uh, Luke Kennard. Oh, Luke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good guy. Did you know he broke LeBron's scoring record yeah, in high school in Ohio? Yeah, yeah, he was a bucket, bro. He was a bucket, certified bucket. Um, so obviously, you know, you're, you know what? Now I know why you're all right for a Duke guy. Because you were only really there for like like five <laughs> months. That was a nice. Oh, don't was play a, me, man. It all makes sense Don't play now. me. I was there. I was all up on that campus. Yeah, man. so B.I. was there for probably like six months. I did summer months. school. I did my nine months. Actually, a lot of people don't know this. After my rookie season, I went back and took classes. Uh, oh, for real? I went back and took classes. Okay. I feel like that. That's why I'm, I'm very. I'm not surprised. That, like that's one thing I really liked about, like a lot of like the the people that I know at Duke or just see like, there's so many guys that actually like that go back and like for for us at Nova like we go back like it's. I I look at it differently because like we were there like we weren't really like one and dones and all right. that so like we were there for you know two three four years so it's like we had like a lot of time like went into it but for y'all to like. You know, only be there for one year or two years. Like it, it shows like how, um, kind of how great that program program is in terms of culture, culture wise, yeah. and all that. That you guys are only there for four months, and <laughs> <laughs> but all you guys, you know, just come back like every every summer. Guys who camps there yeah. in the summer. So, but now now it all makes sense. He was there for four months. Hey man, don't short, don't B. short change me. Too. Don't short change me. Only one that was, only one that I know. I remember, I remember when Bi took his official visit. Really? What was it? I, oh, was he was a, just... I was a freshman. I was I was on campus at the time. He was just he was just super quiet. Everybody say, yeah, I know he ain't didn't say, say nothing. Didn't enough. say anything. I remember me and Quinn was just looking like, what's up with this dude? He was like, he not coming here. We thought he ain't like us. He like, he definitely not coming here. Yeah, that's Bi, bro. Bi. <laughs> oh yeah, now nah, I learned that's just Bi. Yeah, yeah super like, late. Bi never like I forgot. I don't know if we were talking to you. Well, we were talking to somebody on the plane like this year, and I I had to be. I, did y'all? Did, who? Someone played bi in college in high school. 
I don't know who it was. Oh, I played. I played B.I. Yeah, so, yeah, B.I. Yeah. was talking. Like, B.I. never, like, didn't come out of, like, he, he was from Kingston. But, like, they yeah. didn't travel anywhere to go play. Yeah. So, they, they I guess, came down and played wow, them at, at B.I.'s yep. spot. And they was, like, whooping their ass. <laughs> they, B.I. was, like, they was over there dunking 360 <laughs> And like he was like he wasn't even mad. He was like, he was like he ain't he ain't never really see anyone else like do the stuff like that. He was like, damn, these guys are good. Like, like Cause they didn't they didn't play like a national schedule. Or they didn't like play that. national schedule. Nothing. I don't like, know what made us drove down to Kinston yeah, uh, to play. Know. We played them at their gym. I don't know why. Did they have anybody else or was it just Bi? It was just Bi. Just Bi. <laughs> when he was a, he was a freshman at the time. I was a damn. sophomore. Uh, so he was a freshman at the time. Uh, um, Bi yeah, I don't know what in, made us draw there. Bi was just in there like, dog. They was whooping our ass. They was dunking, doing three sixties, <laughs> having fun. He was like, damn, these these guys are good. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> um, like winning a national championship is is really hard. I'm, I'm, I regret to say I'm the only person at this table who hasn't who hasn't <laughs> won one. But a lot of shit has to go right. Like you see teams, you guys. I mean, got you get knocked out in the first or second round. Duke's it's happened to Duke with like Lehigh, like. It just t- it takes a lot to win. So, wh- like, what what do you think worked so well that year in terms of like the dynamic and you know whether it was the leadership? Because I know I know I heard a story about Quinn, kind of like when Tyus came in, Quinn really kind of was like, you know, I'll, I'll play off the ball, whatever you need me mm-hmm. to do. So, just talk about like the different dynamics like that of the team that helped you guys win. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff has to go right as far as um, you know team chemistry, and that that off the bat was um, was the best that I've ever been a part of as far as team grows. And I think it started off with, obviously, Ty's like my brother. So us choosing to go to the same school um, and us being, you know, two of the stars on the team, uh, we were just super close. Um, and then from that point on, you know, you had Justice, um, who we've also known since sixth or seventh grade. Uh, we were all three of us were like brothers. And then when we got to campus, uh, Grayson, you know, he was the fourth freshman. So we brought him along and we all just, we, we formed this incredible bond um, but before we even got to campus, Quinn Cook had texted me after they lost to Mercer. Uh, they had just lost to Mercer in the first round. And Quinn had texted me. I remember I was down. I was, we had just beat Jalen Brunson um, in the state tournament. I was down at state. And he had texted me like, well, we're going to get it next year. Um, if you need anything before you get to campus, let me know. And, you know, as a high school guy, you know, when one of the college guys texted you, that was a big so, deal. I was like, yeah. oh, damn, Quinn Cook just texted me. This is literally right after they lost. Uh, to Mercer, so I was super surprised by that. And he sent that same text message to to Tyus. So our captains on that team were super bought in um, to us winning the championship with him, Emil, and uh, Marshall Plumlee. So when we got to campus, um, I was just super comfortable. I knew that they had my back, um, and it started off with our older guys on the team. Yeah, we're good friends with Emil's girl out in LA. Oh, Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That's that's who put us in touch. At first. Yeah, she's yeah. she's the nicest person. Chelsea. Chelsea's the best for sure. Um, Tyler had gra- had graduated already, right? He was Tyler, one year out. Tyler Thornton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had already left. Yeah. Josh we, Harrison. We played left. against him. Guess who? Tyler Thornton. Yeah. Summer really? League. Was I there? Uh, no, because no, it was my before. freshman year. You're seeing. Er, you, yeah, you were at public school. Bullshit. You're on nobody's radar. Public school. Exactly. Wait. So you went to Villanova. No, so we went, we played high school together. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. I played I played okay. D three. Alright. Okay. Tried to get him to go to Nova, but he didn't. I almost walked on. Yeah, he he, he was thinking about walking on, but then I don't know. He just. I know about Nova, man. I know about Nova. Yeah, man. I was in the Philly. I was in Philly. You know, y'all yeah. won the national championship. I was like, I I don't know why. I just thought you were an asshole. Like I was like, I, like someone said something to me one time. Like I guess like that I, I had the opportunity to meet you like after like a game or something. I was like, 
Nah, I ain't going. I ain't trying to meet this dude. Like, this dude's probably an asshole. I ain't meeting this dude. I feel like you've said that to a couple people on the podcast before. Like, I, I feel like you said have. that to Zoe. You're like, yeah, I thought you were Zoe, an I definitely thought he was an asshole because Zoe didn't talk to anybody. Like Zoe, and like that's kind of how Zoe is now. Still, like if he doesn't really know, you doesn't talk too much. Like you know, to you. But no, I don't know. I guess maybe I just have to change my perception of people. Maybe I just got to just go yeah, in. Sounds think- like you're, you might be the problem. <laughs> yeah, maybe bro. I just got to go in thinking they're nice. Yeah, man. I would have wanted to meet you. I was in Philly. All right, man. We could have had some cheesesteaks and All right, everything. bro. I was only 19. You know what I'm saying? 19 yeah, year old yeah. living in Philly. Where, was, where'd you live in Philly? Uh, my first year, I lived downtown uh, on Locrist Street. Okay. Uh, 15th and Locrist. And then okay. my next two years, I moved out to New Jersey. Uh, okay. Cher- uh, Morristown. Nice. Morristown, New Jersey. Right right Cherry Hill. Yeah. My, our family lives there now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where that? 19th and Chestnut or some shit? 19th and Chestnut, yeah. I think. Yeah, because that was my <laughs> Barclay Prime, baby. That was my. That's my favorite spot. They have, uh, I believe it's Barclay Prime. They have the, the Wagyu's cheese. The Wagyu, yeah. yeah I haven't had it yet, bro. I'm they have to so try good. it. They give you like some champagne with it. Oh yeah. my god, it's so good. Um, I guess to so kind of talk about pro, you know, you were what, second pick, right? Third, third, third pick. So th- talk about. Did you know you were going three? Because we always talk about like a lot of the guys like right. talk about like their green room kind of experience. Like, oh, when or when did you know you were going to get picked? You know, did you know you were going to go third or was it just kind of like you got a call like right before? Yeah, I had no idea. Um, after the Lakers took D'Lo with the second pick, uh, my agent, that's when I knew. That's when I knew, okay, I'm going three. My agent was like, yeah, you're, uh, Philadelphia's going to pick you up, but they're probably going to trade you. So I remember thinking like, damn, I thought, I, I thought this was going to be the day that I knew where I was yeah. going to end up. So I remember when he said that, I, was like, I don't know how long I'm going to know until I'm going to know where I'm mm-hmm. where, where I'm going to call home. Um, so right after D-Lo got picked, I knew I was going to be picked up by Philly. Um, but my agent had pretty much told me that they were they planned on trading me just because they already had Nerlens and uh, Joel um, on the roster. But obviously they didn't trade me. But at the time, I didn't know that. Yeah. So obviously uh, you started out in Philly. All you know, NBA first team, all rookie, average, eighteen and nine or whatever. You know, you, you're eighteen and seven. 18 and 7. 7.5. <laughs> Seven, I'm, I'm, I'm going to round up, bro. 17.5 yeah, and 7.5. Yeah, if you want to be from the facts, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good for the community, baby. I'm rounding up for my guys. Um, but just kind of talk about that, uh, you know, that, that rookie year process. You know, one, how was the transition? But also, two, you know, did you know you were going to have that, you know, that big of a role? Because, like you said, you, your agent said you might have been traded. You guys had Joel, Nerlens. So just kind of talk about that process going in yeah well when i initially when i had to philly um and i believed that i was going to be traded uh when i got drafted i thought i was going to be traded uh i didn't know where to but after you know they picked up d-lo uh my agent uh duff was just like yeah they're, they're planning on trading you so you know i remember growing up shaking adam silver's hand putting on my hat i remember, thinking, I, I remember <laughs> thinking, i'm putting on his hat for no reason this ain't gonna be the picture i can post on the gram i don't know i can't even use this um, but uh, when I talked to Sam Hinkey, uh he assured me that you know they didn't have any plans of trading me, and they they wanted me a part of the organization. Um, so that took away a lot of the jitters that I had. Um, but then, like I said, I still knew we had Joel, and we still had Nerlens. Um, but Joel was hurt at the time, so I knew that he wasn't. I don't know when I I forgot when I found out that he wasn't gonna be playing the season that I was playing my my rookie year. But uh, JoJo ended up being hurt, so it was really just me and Nerlens. Um, so I, I pretty much knew that every night that I was going to be playing, you know, at least 30 minutes a game. When did like the, I'd be, 
they after like a little while they kind of became like more like forward facing with like the tank and like they branded the whole like trust the process thing when did that really start like when did you guys as players become aware that that was like a thing that was happening um i might have started before i got there okay i think yeah, i think trust the process that's, so when you got there it was the tank was like kind of underway i believe so yeah I, I think trust the process was already a thing before i like i think it was the year prior and jojo had started trust the process got it. so i think i was the second year of it of it coming um and obviously it got bigger and bigger um but yeah i mean the guys on the team i don't think they don't do it yeah yeah, yeah we didn't know like we didn't consider like oh we're tanking of course i think we just like damn we, we kind of suck i mean <laughs> we started off 0 and 17 um i mean that was just hard for me so you know i was i was coming from dude i was coming from winning stop yeah. laughing <laughs> no i was laughing because it was funny because i remember that's one thing i remember because it was like you guys were 0 and 17 you guys weren't good and i think like the record you either t i think you tied the record yeah so they could have like broke the record with like of like the worst start like ever but they won that game but like like there was like some fans that were like booing them when like when they were winning and like when they won the game because they were like shit we might as well be in the we might as well get a record from this and some people were like man i can't even lose right man but uh, that's, that's why crazy. i started laughing because that just popped into my head i was like i, I, I like vividly remember like those moments well like like you said as someone who won in high school won in college that's just like an interesting kind of position to be in it was tough um i didn't i didn't realize how hard it would be to win in the nba um especially coming uh i just remember having a conversation with coach k and he had pretty much told me like don't put all your uh effort like your mind into winning like don't let losing affect you basically um he told I, you that about the league when i first when i got drafted by philly he's like, i don't want you getting down there you know being sad about you guys losing mm -hmm. um so basically he was like try to Look at the positives from every game. Try to work on certain stuff. Try to build things with your teammates. But if the outcome is a loss at the end of the game, he didn't. I remember Coach Trey telling me he didn't want me growing into a funk, pretty much, um, which is pretty much what I do off the court, like just being sad, being super depressed. Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking, like, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Um, but then the season rolls around, you know, the season over, we lose in Boston. Um, we lose the next one, we lose the next one, we lose the next one. And we look up, you know, we're 0 10, we're 0 12, we're 0 15. I think we ended up being 0 and 16, 0 and 17. Uh, it was just a lot. It was a, uh, it was very stressful. Um, something I've never ever been a part of, and I honestly didn't handle it the best. Um, and that's pretty much what I'm saying. Coach Jay had warned me about that. I didn't handle it the best, but just going into that situation and losing all those games, um, it was definitely a culture shock for myself. It's, it's definitely hard because it one is hard when you have when you're always when you're used to winning. You feel like good culture programs but like it's because there, there's like sometimes like in the league when teams are tanking like i remember cory brewer was telling me about i forgot where where he was at this point when and and that team organization that he was playing for was tanking but he was like you know the players never think like oh we're tanking like the players are always like right. yo we're going out there we're, one we're hooping because you know we love to play basketball right. but two it's also you know whenever you're all out on the court it's kind of like an audition for the other 29 teams right. and usually a lot of times besides you know, guys that were in his position that was drafted third overall or whatever, you, you had a lot of guys playing. So a lot of guys were, like, trying to prove, you know, yeah. they, de you know, deserve to be in the league. So right. for the players, it was always, like, you know, uh, we're going out there and hooping. But there would be times where, like, Corey Brewer said where he was, like, the, the players were hooping and they would be winning. 
and then the coaches would take them Sub. out and supplement. Yep. Like, yep. So, like, the players, it's, like, it's frustrating because, one, you know, you guys are losing. But, two, it's, like, you're playing hard as hell. And you might And, like, you could probably win a couple of those games. But because the front office wants to tank, you know, they take you guys out. So that that adds more to the frustration. It's right. like, shit, it's like, obviously, you know, we're not that great in general. But, you know, we can be better than what our record is or better than what, you know, everyone else perceives us as. But, you know, people in our own organization are holding us back. So right. I think that's also, like, adds to the frustration of you know, like the tanking process. Yeah, because as a player, it's not like you're going, like you said, you're auditioning. It's not like you're going out there and like trying to miss land. <laughs> yeah, like, you're not missing shots. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I remember thinking that when I always heard the word tanking growing up, like, oh, these guys are out there losing on purpose. Right. But, <laughs> um, <Point shape>. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's the, it's the farthest from that. You know, the guys like, like Jay Hart mentioned, the guys that are on those teams, you know, they're trying to prove themselves in the NBA. So they're not going out there BSing. You know, they're going the balls to the wall trying to win games. Yeah. Um, but, um, that wasn't that wasn't the outcome for us. Yeah, the other thing too is interesting. You mentioned kind of when you first came into the league, and maybe maybe it's still this way. I don't know, but you're saying you like get really down on yourself after like losses and stuff. One, it's I mean it's such a long season that it's like it's hard to do that after every every right. single game. Right. But the other thing, I mean, when you came into the league, you were what 18, 19? 19. It's I mean it's a lot to like kind of mentally go right. through as a as a kid still. Right. No, it's definitely it is a lot uh, to have to mentally go through. Um, but I remember always just. Going back to my hotel room or going back to my house, um, just super, just sad, uh, like in a sad state. Like, damn, and it was just a, it was a lot. It was just heavy. It was heavy to deal with, um, and that's when you kind of start finding, you know, what, what can I do to have fun? So you might, you know, you start going out, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, you know, I didn't handle it the best. Yeah. So I remember, I remember we we talked about it before on the plane. Just kind of like that, like the whole like process. Like you had to get a security guard because. I mean, I remember we talked about like the Boston incident, and I th- and I think that's probably like part of the reason why because I saw like that incident, and obviously I didn't know you and I didn't know the situation. So how the media does and how everyone else does, mm-hmm. like you don't know all the details. You kind of just jump to one side. For and you're sure. Like, oh, and usually it's never on on the side, you know, helping the player. It's always like, oh, like this dude's doing like, oh, why is he doing this or whatever. But it's like it was things that like you couldn't even control, things that wasn't your fault. But it's like how the media always portrays it, especially now with clickbait. It's like, oh, you know, it'll be Jalil Okafor, you know, has altercation, or Jalil Okafor, right. you know, has to have a security guard or something right. like that. And it's right. like puts you in a negative light, even yeah. though it's not, you know, you might not be deserving of it. Yeah. It's just kind of talk uh, about, you know, like that kind of like, like you said, like you didn't handle it correctly, you know, off the court and kind of what you learned from it. Yeah. Um, I learned I learned so much from that experience, and I'm able to, you know, share share that with guys that are coming to the league. Um, you know, I talked to some guys at RTP, you know, the Rookie Transition Program. Let them know that, you know, my story in regards to that, and pretty much I just learned, you know, once you mess up, especially in the in the public eye, you pretty much open yourself up to any criticism, and you open yourself up to any criticism. It's kind of validated because of that one mistake that you made. Um, so for my instance, I had the situation in Boston. And then from that point on, uh, people were pretty much able to say whatever they want, and people could thought thought that it was true just because of my okay. one mistake. So I remember there was a a big article saying, you know, that I think ESPN might have put it out like Jolly Okafor gets in a club with a fake ID, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember like reading it like, damn, like why would they mm-hmm. like make this up about me? Like, this is yeah. the most false thing ever. And I had my uh, my agent, the, my publisher, my publisher and the agent call the reporter like, yo, why would you make up this story? 
And then he was like, well, we heard that he got into that club. So if he, how else would he have gotten to that club if he didn't have a fake ID? I'm like, well, you know, I'm the number three pick. Yeah. They kind of just, they, I don't need a fake ID. They kind of just let me in, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But just make a mistake, you just leave yourself open to criticism. Like I said, it's validated just because uh, that one mistake you made in the public eye. Yeah. And the thing about the NBA too is like once the, they make, they create a narrative around you, it, it's it's just sticks. It's hard to like, even mellow, like as far as, yeah. as, as long as mellow was unemployed, it was because, oh, he's uncoachable or, oh, right. he doesn't want to accept the role. And it's like, it's just really hard to kind of dispel that once it once right. it gets there. No, it is. And then even with that, it was like uh, so when that incident in Boston happened, they just pretty much they made up some stories. They ended up saying some stuff that happened like a few months prior to that that I didn't even think it was a big deal, but they blew it up. Like one I remember was, you know, Jolly Okafor gets in a police chase, and then like TMZ put it out. And then if you watch the video, the video is still on, on the internet, but it's like a police car is behind me. I guess he's just following me, but his lights aren't on, and I'm speeding across the bridge. Um, and then his lights goes on, and then I pull over. But the caption, like you said, is clickbait. Mm-hmm. It's Jolly Older for police yeah. chase. I was like, I'm not out here. Yeah, it's just you leave. That's what happens. You know, you leave yourself open to criticism, and you know, set yourself up for that. So kind of going back to basketball, obviously that was, that was your rookie year, and then you and you know it was you ended the rookie year, you know, with the knee injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of talk about. You know the process of, you know, trying to get right from that injury and like that rehab process and that kind of thing. Because I mean, that alone, you know, for for you know, just any athlete is frustrating as hell. So it's like obviously there's so much going on there. You know, with losing and you know everything like that, tanking, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the negative publicity that you don't deserve, but you're getting just because, like you said, you know, one incident that was wasn't you know kind of portrayed how it actually happened um so just kind of talk about you know that rehab process and obviously it adds to that you know that frustration but how you kind of able to get through that and um you know kind of going into your sophomore year yeah i think we were 50 games in uh we were 50 games in and then um you know i had an mri and found out that i was gonna need a good surgery on my right knee um i was disappointed that i wasn't gonna be able to uh, finish out the year um Obviously, we didn't have any like playoffs hopes or anything like that, but I did have some personal goals. You know, I was trying to get rookie of the year. Um, you know, I, I wanted to be, you know, lead the rookies in something, you know, points, yeah. rebounds. You know, it's just like a competition, you know, mm-hmm. amongst rookies. You know, you see D Lo doing his thing, you see Cat doing his thing. So it's kind of like, like a friendly competition. Um, so when I got hurt, um, you know, that was tough. That was my first time ever having a major injury. Um, but I also didn't handle that well. I didn't know how. Serious the surgery was, or I didn't take the surgery serious. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I'm 19. It's a surgery. I didn't pretty much uh, rehab the correct way, or I didn't like lock it on my diet. Like, re- like you know me now. Like now, I'm super keen mm-hmm. about you know what I eat. You know, being healthy, taking care of my body. At as a 19 year old, um, I can't say that was the case. Yeah, <laughs> but I say it's still not the case for me. I'm 25. I say, <laughs> and, I, and I'm and I'm taking. I'm in, and I'm making strides and I'm still over here. I still eat my Mike and Ike's. I eat my Twizzlers. <laughs> I, I eat my, my Shanda was just telling me earlier today on FaceTime. She's like, now you every time like when we like when we lose, I'm like, man, fuck. Now I kind of like start eating like a little like a little more like comfort, shittier. Comfort yeah, yeah, like, comfort food. Comfort I'm like, food. Yeah. like I come home, I try to feel good. Hell yeah. And she was like, she was on my ass the, like earlier because eating ice cream. Like last night we come back from like. <laughs> It was by fifty, bro. Like I came back, bro. I was sick. Like I was eating like a tub of like 
chocolate ice cream. I was eating like hers red hot chips. Like, bro, I was eating like just random You're stuff. Sad, sad eating. I was. Yeah. It was. It was really sad then eating, bro. Then I was. You get, then you did even more sad. Yeah, then you get even like, more sad. Why just do that? Exactly. Yeah. And then like when you're eating kind of healthy, and then you eat something like that, like your body just feels like shitty because like damn, like it's not used to it. So it's like your body feels shitty now. You and your mind feels. They don't shitty. even know if you're sad because you're eating or you're eating because you're sad. Yeah, like, <laughs> like bro, like it, it was bad. So I feel. I, 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 had, some, I had some drunk food last night too, Jr. No, I'm true. Hey man, that yeah. makes me feel a little bit yeah. better, bro. I'm home and do the same thing. <laughs> um, sophomore year, you know, you obviously you kind of started off with like the minute restriction, but mm-hmm. you you know you, you know you were playing well. Minute restriction kept going up and up. You, you know, you got invited to the right, you know, to the rising star game. Um, and then you kind of ended like the second half of the year, just kind of like with knee soreness. So you weren't able to kind of fully end out, you know, that, that year, but just kind of talk about, you know, your, your sophomore year, you still had a very productive sophomore year. Um, so just kind of talk about that. And then kind of talk about the summer going into like the, the third year where it was like, you know, kind of like, Oh, we're, but you know, with their communication, like we're kind of moving on from you or they're just kind of like, you know, you were caught, caught by surprise. Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't caught by surprise. Um, so I think I was. I actually just started journaling uh, this like four months ago. I wish I was journaling at the time because like all these different memories. I remember how I felt in certain situations. But I think in, the, in my second year, I think I was aware that they were trying to trade me. Actually, I think after my rookie season had finished, my agent had told me that um that I possibly could be traded like that off season mm-hmm. um, of my rookie season and then my second year going in actually I think my second year at some point I stopped traveling with the team was that my second year yeah it was it was one point where I didn't travel with the team my second year like they I like imagine you know you heading to the team playing mm-hmm. got my suitcase and they're like yo you're actually not going with us you're about to be traded so I'm like oh okay cool <laughs> all right so, <laughs> so then that didn't happen yeah, that was my I second year. I think you talked yeah. about that. And you, pop, and you like showed up at the hotel like. Yeah, so that didn't happen. That they, I, they, I remember they went to Charlotte. They were, they were flying to Charlotte. Um, and I remember watching the game at the crib like, dang, my old teammates. <laughs> dang, like, Charlotte, man, I love those dudes. You know, I remember just seeing like all the guys on the TV thing. That's the it. That's it for me as a Sixer. And then they played Charlotte and they went to Boston. And then uh, somebody on the team called me like, yo, you uh, trying to, we we better get you a flight out to Boston uh, <laughs> so you can meet the team. So I was like, oh, damn, this is awkward. All right. So I remember getting on my flight, you know, sitting in first class. The team got me a first class seat. And everybody's in Philly. Like, they're walking past me as I'm sitting in the first class. Like, oh, man, we loved you in Philly, man. Good luck in Boston. Because they assuming like, oh, I'm flying out. Lost, to the, yeah. There was already rumors I didn't travel with the team. And I didn't have time to really, like, explain to them why yeah. I'm sitting in the nah, seat. Nah, you know, I'm, I'm just. Because they walking by. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, thanks. They're like, yo, good luck in Boston. We loved you in Philly. And then uh, that night, I pulled up. I flew to Boston, landed that morning in Boston. Uh, I went to the team meeting, and everybody's looking at me like, "Oh, it's awkward." So Coach Brown, you know, I'm so happy that I have him as as my first coach. He's like the best guy. He really is. Um, he pretty much just trying to acknowledge the elephant in the room that mm-hmm. I was back with the team. So he was like, "Oh, there's a new guy, Jolly Okafor. Welcome to the Philadelphia 76ers." <laughs> and everybody on the team started laughing. Um, break the ice. Break the yeah. ice. Yeah. <laughs> It was super. I thought it was gonna be awkward, but mm-hmm. uh, Coach Brown made it really easy for me. But uh, so yeah, actually, in my second year, I did think at some point I was gonna be traded because I, I stopped freaking traveling with the team. But it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So, like, can you kind of explain like the the third like the third year process? Because it 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 got to the point where it was like, 
I mean, I don't really, I don't really know exactly though what was going on, but I know at one point, you know, it was like Twitter. I swear to God, it was like a Twitter like movement, and it was like free job type shit, and it was yeah. you know because like it was you, you know like it came out like you were open to being traded, whatever, whatever. But then it was like you weren't, you know, they didn't, they weren't going to play you, but then they weren't trading you. So it was, you were just kind of like put in a position like, like, bro, like I'm, I'm 22. I'm trying to just, I'm trying to just go hoop. Right. And like you don't have that, that chance to do it. So could you kind of explain, you know, that situation? Uh, that was a very frustrating situation. So like you said, and, you know, I wasn't able to, you know, to play and I also wasn't able to be traded. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think, from all the memories that I have, I just remember talking to the GM and pretty much the GM at the time of Philly, what he pretty much wasn't happy with the offers that he was getting. Um, I remember pretty much my agent and I standpoint, it's like, well, what's the, like, what's going to change? Like, mm-hmm. that's what people are offering you. So like, what's, what's the gonna deal? What's going to change two months from now? Yeah, like, now? what's the deal? Like, am I going to be here? Are you going to let me play? Or are you going to trade me? And he just kept saying he didn't like the offers that he was getting. Um, and in my mind, it was just trying to like, I don't know, I just felt so, out of control. Like I had no control. Yeah. And that was the try. I didn't have any control, but it's just not a good feeling where like you don't have any control of mm-hmm. what's going on. Like I don't know. It was just it was just a a very it wasn't a good feeling. Um, and it was also just awkward with the team just going in every day, um, knowing that you know you really weren't going to be there or yeah. you know they're trying to figure stuff out for the season. And I know that and I'm pretty much not I'm not included pretty yeah. much. Um, so it was just a very awkward situation. Yeah, like you said. I mean, it's just a tough. It's a tough situation to be in because it's like. It, it almost like it, it benefits everybody for you to play, right? Because he's he's not going to trade you, but he's also not going to play you, which then kind of hurts the trade value. And like you're you're unhappy, so it, I can just imagine it's like a really tough. I mean, just to come in every day and deal with that, like it it I give you a lot of credit because I mean I, I keep going back to the mellow example, but you know he was unemployed for a really really long time, stayed in the gym, kept working, got, finally got his chance, and is doing what he's doing now. So I think like for you to kind of come in day after day and work and work and like still be doing what you're doing in the situation you are it speaks a lot to like your character and your determination i appreciate that but um just going back into that philly situation um, i have a lot of people to thank for that like making that situation not as hard as it might have seemed you know like i said i had an amazing head coach coach brett brown um, he was calling me his office all the time just seeing where my mental was at and then we had an amazing uh, our strength coach uh, todd wright um he was he was amazing for me at that time. Uh, he's actually with the Clippers now, um, but I had some like people in that organization that looked out for me, and that was like looking out for me every day, talking to me, you know, letting me know that I was going to get through this. Yeah, and then talk about what, like you finally. What, how did you end up in Brooklyn? Was it a, a trade or your contract had trade trade? Talk about like you know you finally kind of you're able to get out and you're kind of a fresh start. What's what's going through your head at that point? Um, I remember like I was nervous, um, excited and nervous at the same time. Um, which I was waiting all this time to play, and it's like, okay, now it's now now here's your here's your chance. But also, I kind of had like a, a wall up um, in regards to like dealing with people in the organization or like dealing with coaches. So when I first got to Brooklyn, I was trying to just I, I had a huge wall up. That's the best way I can explain yeah. it, and I wasn't my best self. Yeah, because you're just so kind of so used to not not trusting people because right. of the past situation. Right. When did you? You kind of went through a physical transformation. I remember you lost some weight, got in good shape. Was that right before Brooklyn or, or right before New Orleans? Um, well, right before, after my second year, which I was sidelined by a knee injury, that's when I started to take it in a dive into my diet, and that's when I became a vegan. Um, but, like, the transformation that you're probably talking about is probably right before I got to the Pelicans. Okay. And you, you work with Edan, right? Edan, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. My gosh. Do you know Edan? 
Well, yeah, okay. he, he did his pre-draft with Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah that's how I got in contact yeah, with you, yeah, Don. Yeah, yeah. The Hoops Whisperer. The Hoops yeah, Whisperer. Whisper. Do you ever read his book? Uh, I've read I've read segments of it, and, like, some of my good friends have read it, and they we've talked about it, like, yeah. some of the parts. He's mentally, he's just, he's different. Like, he's on a different level yeah. in terms of how he thinks about the game and, and workouts. And, yeah, he does one of a kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of wrapping up here, the, the NBA career so far, what was your? I'm I'm always curious this because people always ask me this. We asked Drew, we asked Zoe. Like, what was your thought process like when you knew you were going to New Orleans? Like, were you like of the city? Were you like cool? That's good. Obviously, like you're like, alright, let's get it. Like, you know, you're playing, but like, were you like oh, New Orleans, or were you like really excited for like the city? Like, bro, no, like, no, you know no, no. I mean? like, you know what I mean? Because no. like Drew was like, uh, kind of like, oh, like all right, New Orleans. Now, I, I always looked at New Orleans as like like a super fun town. Mm-hmm. So like when I first signed with New Orleans, I thought like, oh, that's that's cruel. I really didn't know anything about the city, but I always hear, you know, New Orleans. And I, I was a huge, I'm a huge Lil Wayne fan. So um, I don't know. I, I I was excited about you know the opportunity to come. I, mean, I always see New Orleans in movies. You know, I know about Essence Fest. I know about all these festivals they have here. I know about Mardi Gras. So it's like a fest every weekend. Yeah, there's Crazy. always something going on. It's always, um, yeah. So I, I I knew that before I even got here, and obviously I knew about the food. Um, so. I can honestly say I was excited about, you know, just being able to live in New Orleans, have that as part of my experience of my NBA career. Mm-hmm. The food is so The fire. food's crazy. It's the dangerous. so fire. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you, like, er, I know you're really interested in movies. I'm kind of like switching gears. Like off off the court, down the line, whenever basketball's done, is, uh, is, is film, this is that in, like an industry that's of interest to you? Yeah, yeah, for there, sure. a ton of movies run through this town because of like the tax credits and stuff. Yep. They're always shooting stuff. Yeah, I'm really interested in films. Um, not so much. I'm good on acting. I'm not. I don't see acting in my career, but like behind the scenes, yeah. as far as uh, you know, screenwriting and stuff like that, stuff that I started looking to. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely when basketball said and done, I'm trying to do something in the film industry. It's a good, it's a good town for it. If you know anybody, link me up. I know a lot of people. I live in LA, so I'm about oh, to say, true. You're in LA, yeah, true. You probably got everything. So. Gonna hop into the lighthearted ten. Lighthearted ten is just kind of ten, somewhat rapid fire esque questions. Just um, you know, so the the viewer and listener kind of get to know you, you know, a little bit better. So I guess I'm gonna start off with what's your biggest pet peeve? Ooh, my biggest pet peeve. Um, I don't know. The first thing that came to mind was people making noise in a movie theater. So <laughs> trying to see if there's somebody like on their phone or somebody talking or. Making a lot of noise. That's, that was the first thing that popped in my mind. Uh, biggest fear? Losing somebody close to me. That was yours, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was yours. Um, favorite cartoon growing up? Um, I think it was Dexter. Dexter's Laboratory. <sighs> I think my laboratory. Actually, I think it was fairly, I'm going to say fairly up here. It's fairly up here. my favorite growing up. Dexter was Nickelodeon, right? Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network. Fairly, okay. fairly rapper as Nickelodeon. We need to get a... There needs to be a... So obviously, there's Disney Plus. Nickelodeon's about to get this, like, Netflix, the Netflix thing. Yep. There has to be, like, some... The Cartoon Network has to get, get, get something. Because Cartoon Network, low-key, was fire growing <laughs> up, bro. Yeah, they're, they're owned by Turner. I'm wondering if... That, I don't know if that... I don't know, bro. But they, they need an app or something. They, they need a... A rebranding of Cartoon Network. Yeah. I mean, Rick and Morty's kind of holding them up right now. Rick and Morty's killing it. Yeah, I personally don't watch it, but they I have don't a either. cult but they following. Need, they need, they need something. They do. What, what's up with that? I don't know. I, I you don't know, I've it. never met anyone that likes it. I've only met everyone Jackson, that loves like, it. Jackson Hayes loves it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he loves it. That, I mean, Sal got a 
the pickle Rick tatted on his forearm. You got it tatted? I watched like clips oh, wow. on YouTube to try to get a like a sense of what the hype was about. Yeah, I'm gonna I don't have to know. try to watch it. Yeah, I went to the Adult Swim Fest in LA two weeks ago for Cartoon Network. Put it on, and it was everyone was just dressed up as Rick and Morty. Really? It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, childhood celebrity crush. Uh, my first ever crush was Jennifer Lopez. Cake. Still on um. <laughs> <laughs> um, What superpower would you want? Uh, it changes. Uh, right now, I think uh, being like Flash, super speed, that seems pretty really cool. Really, have you seen the TV show Flash? A, l- a little bit, not so, much. So basically, when they set it up to where since he's so fast, there's so many different things you can do. Obviously, run on water, but he's so fast, he can even travel back in time. Oh, that's kind of dope. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Two superpowers yeah, in one. So that, yeah, that's kind of fire. That's a fire one. Um, if you could switch lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? Mm, I think it would probably be, it would be fun to be Will Smith for a day. Yeah, he's true. he's my favorite celebrity. I think to be Will for a day, I think that would be yeah. a lot of A friend of mine actually works for his production company. Oh, right. Yeah. Is that, is that the stuff that people that put what they put out on Instagram? No, like, well, I don't think they do a social, but he's he started to produce more like film and TV stuff, oh, gotcha. so they, they oh, right. he, he does that. Gotcha. But his Instagram is crazy. Fire, yeah. Whoever is yeah. doing his digital, his, his YouTube is great. His t- he's on TikTok now. Really, I can see him on. He's probably yeah, great he's on TikTok. It. Yeah, he's killing it. <laughs> right, great. Um, what profession other than yours would you like to attempt? Uh, something probably in the movie industry. Who would play you in the Jolly Local Four movie? Ooh, sheesh. Uh, dang it's hard to find someone tall enough we, whenever we not. ask athletes it's like it's hard to do, like portray an athlete and look athletic in a movie yeah. if you're not one you're like I always think about like high school musical where they look just like so corny dribbling the <laughs> basketball bro I got so mad when I was like scrolling past Netflix one day and I don't wa- I don't watch power really at all my girlfriend watches it and like the guy um Tyreek, whatever you know, like the dude Tyreek. Oh yeah, he's in that movie. basketball series. He's in like a basketball series or movie that was on Netflix. I got so mad when I saw like his face pop up. I'm like, there's no way he can portray like a basketball player or like any type of athleticism <laughs> at all. But yeah, that's a tough one. Dude, I don't know. I'm stuck. We'll go with you Will. Play yourself. Yeah, well, I mean, Will's always a. Go thank old Will. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what is the title of the current chapter of your life? Ooh, dang, that's a tough one. Let's say uh, gratitude. Okay. I think I'm at a time right now where obviously like the season isn't going as well as I thought it would be going. Um, so I'm trying to just remind myself that even though through all this, that we're still great, we're still you know very fortunate to be in the positions that we are in. So. Probably gratitude. That's one of the things that I've been trying to focus on uh, this past month, month or so. Dope. Um, if heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive? Jeez. Um, welcome home. I mean, I hope, you hope that he welcomes you with open arms. Uh, but yeah, I guess, you know, just, yeah, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> That's perfect. So, Appreciate you hopping on the the podcast, my guy. Um, it was definitely great to kind of unpack your story a little bit more um, and a little more in detail. And I think it'd definitely be cool for you know, the listeners to kind of you know see you in that light and just kind of you know everything that you overcame and you know where you continue to go and everything like that. So it's definitely. 
dope. So I appreciate it. Appreciate you, Jared. Yeah, I mean, our whole, the whole th- reason we started this, like even before we started this, he had gone on some like other people's podcasts and they'll pull clips and try and create a narrative that didn't exist. And right. we were excited to have you on because I think you're someone that is misunderstood. And and you know, our whole thing is just giving people a platform to like tell their story. So right. we we were excited to have you. And, oh no, dope. Yeah, Thank you guys for sure. Cool, appreciate it.